Hi, this is John Ryan from YouTube, and you're listening to the amazing Long Care Business Success Podcast. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode 101, entitled... Tips for Mowing in the Rain. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in and uh, downloading the episodes. Um, and I have to say that uh, I really do appreciate the feedback that I got after uh, last week's episode uh, 100. Uh, so I got a lot of uh, feedback from it, um, from people saying that... Uh, you know, it was inspiring um, and very motivational, uh, and, uh, you know, it was just what they needed uh, at the time. So uh, I really um, do appreciate that uh positive uh, feedback uh, coming uh, my way from that episode. Um, I actually... Uh, responded to one of the uh, people saying that, um, you know, I actually uh, thought I could have done better uh, and was surprised. Uh, I think it was the first person that uh, commented about, uh, uh, you know, really uh, finding the uh, podcast uh, episode um, motivational. Um, and like I said, I responded back saying, um, you know, that I thought I could have done better um, and that, um you know, I was glad to see that they uh, uh, found, uh, you know, it to be very uh, motivational. And uh, I guess part of that uh, is because, uh, you know, we're always our own worst critic. Um, but uh, I have to say, I started, to, I decided to listen back to it. And over well, or over um, all, um, you know, I did uh, find that it was a, a pretty good episode, um, but there were some things in it, and I'm wondering if you guys caught on to it. Um, and that was the uh, negativity that I let creep in into that episode. Um, and it was unintentional and wasn't, um, like I say, anything that I try to do on the podcast, but it is uh, something that can naturally happen. Uh, and what I'm referring to is me talking about, um, you know, uh, thinking about, you know, getting to that 100 goal and, you know, whether I should continue and that after each and every episode, you know, that I do think about uh, quitting the podcast and, you know, that it's hard to justify Um doing the podcast and, and, you know, the amount of time involved and all that. And when you think about it, it's, that's the negative part about it that I let creep in that I was talking about. It's hard to justify spending the time and hard to justify to my wife that I'm doing it. And that's totally negative. Of course, it's worth doing it. If this is something that I love doing, and it has 
developed and become something that I do totally love doing. You know, I talked about how, um, you know, I give up Mondays at times to do the podcast, to get it out to you because of the commitment I made. And that's true. I do give up those Mondays and I do give up that income. But at the same time, it is easy for me to do that because I love doing the podcast and I would rather actually do the podcast than go to work and mow lawns as much as I do love mowing lawns and do love my landscaping and lawn care business. This podcast has developed into a passion. So for that to creep in and say that, you know, it's hard to justify, it's hard, is, you know, kind of uh, contradictory to my whole message that you should be, you know, working on what you love and it's going to take work and there's going to be bad times and all that. And, you know, there's going to be times of doubt times where, you know, it's looking at you all the work and, you know, times where you don't feel like doing it and, and all that sort of stuff. And I talked about perseverance in that last episode. And yet I still let that negativity kind of creep up and contradict the message. So I wanted to, like, why am I telling you guys about this? Because it's hard to start a business, to take that leap, to go out on your own, to take control, and you will inevitably be battling those demons, those voices in your head, those uh, moments of self-doubt telling you that it's too hard, that it's not worth it, that you can't do it. And the reason that I'm telling you about that and and basically um, sort of, um, you know, bringing up the fact that I did it myself was to give you guys hope and to give you guys the reality that, you know, when you look at and you watch these guys on YouTube or you listen to this podcast or you listen to other podcasts, you know, you have, if you're just starting out, and I don't mean to be conceited, but when you're, you know, people that watch these YouTubers and watch, um, you know, pod or listen to podcasts and you thing, you have a tendency to want to aspire to be like that person that you're listening to. And that, you know, it's very easy to fall into a trap of saying, you know, that person's got their stuff together. You know, I, I'm not like that. I have these issues. I have these problems. I, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not that. And, you know, I get so many messages from people that say that they love the podcast, that it helps them out, that they've learned so much and all that. And I wanted to shine a light on that aspect of last week's podcast that everybody is the same. Everybody has a cross to bear. Everybody has issues and things that they deal with and struggles that they go through. And those moments of, is it worth it? You know, it's too much work. And so I just wanted to shine a light on that, that, you know, you guys may um, compare yourselves to me or to others that you see on YouTube. And I guarantee you, that everybody goes through the same thing regardless. So I've started, you know, a lawn care business. 
And I've been doing that lawn care business for 12 years now. And, you know, in my eyes, it's a successful business. Um, you know, I haven't, uh, been able to, uh, or ha- haven't needed to have a second job or any other form of income besides my wife's income during those 12 years. But when you see starting out a new venture, say this podcast, those seeds of self-doubt still always come into play, regardless of how positive you are. And the reason is, I think at least, it's the years and years and years of negative programming, subconsciously, subliminally, in your minds of everything around you, everything you see of the message when you're growing up of, you know, go to school, get good grades so you can get into college or university and then work yourself, you know, work hard, get good grades so that you can get a good job. And that's how the path to happiness happens. That's how the path to fulfillment happens. And that, you know, that's the only way and that starting your own business or doing uh, anything like that is just way too hard. And, you know, part of that is right. It is way too hard, but there's fulfillment in it in those other ways as well in building something from scratch, you know, your own logos, your own company name, building that, um, on faith knowing, you know, that you have this dream of what you want to do. I listened to uh, a motivational talk and the person was talking about how, you know, humans on this planet are the only living being that have the quality of being able to have imagination and that it takes imagination to be able to get to your dreams and your goals because without imagination, nothing else would be possible. Think about this. We have that ability to imagine what our lives will be like in a better situation, in a better circumstance. And that can help you through the pain of your current situation. When you're at a part-time job or another job that you don't like that you're going to every day and the, you know, maybe the boss doesn't treat you well or you feel unappreciative or unappreciated, I should say. Thinking about your own business, thinking about, you know, taking that control of your life and being in business for yourself and not having to answer for anyone else can numb the pain of that current situation that you're in. And you just keep thinking, just keep doing it. Just, you know, a little, little bit longer, a little while longer, we'll get through it, you know, get those flyers out. Then I'll get my first customers. And then after that, we'll get some more customers. And, you know, sooner than you know it, I'll be able to quit this job. So that imagination 
is what can carry you through the pain, carry you through those times. And, you know, I've talked about on the podcast before how I listen to a lot of like Jim Rohn and motivational talks and stuff. I actually like to go onto YouTube and just type in uh, motivation. And there's a whole, you know, slew of videos that are montages of people's, um, you know, speeches or sayings sort of spliced together, uh, pieces and parts with sort of uh, background music and stuff. And I find them really cool. And I'll actually take them and strip that all that audio out and, and make them into MP3s and put them on my uh, iPhone to listen to when I need to, when I need that extra uh, bit of uh, encouragement uh, for myself. And, uh, you know, I'll listen to all that stuff to try to erase that negative programming that, you know, that you're brought up with. So for me, that's been a constant challenge throughout throughout life. And I'm trying to change that. The, um, you know, the but, that word but, where every time you have an opportunity or you think of, you know, starting your own business, but that word but creeps in. And in one of those motivational sort of talks that I've listened to, uh, they talk about the word but being a dream killer. That, you know, I could do this, but it probably won't work out. Or I could do that job, but it's going to be too hard. Or, you know, this person wants me to uh, quote them for this, but I don't have any experience. I've never done it before. And like I say, in that speech, he talks, this person talks about, and I I can't remember the, the person's name, but they talk about that word, but being a dream killer. So I try, I listen to things like this, motivational talks and speeches and things like that. And Jim Rohn, uh, and I've talked about how I listened to that Jim Rohn speech, that two hour seminar speech, uh, over and over and over again. I've, I've must've listened to it now. I'm, I'm probably up to about a hundred times now that I've listened to that uh, two hour speech over and over again. And, uh, it's to erase that negative programming. I've heard um, Joe Rogan talk about this as well. Um, in one of those uh, sort of montage videos where he talks about, uh, somebody took a clip of his uh, talking about this, where he talks about the negative programming, where you have to do what you're passionate about. And it doesn't matter what it is that, you know, you could be, uh, um, you know, somebody who um, renovates houses and does kitchens or something like that. I think he talked about, um, but the person loves what they do. They love designing it. They love working on it. They love putting it together. They love when it's finished and it's totally an awesome looking, you know, kitchen that it looks fantastic and that that's their passion in life. That's what they get their joy from. And he talks about, uh, you know, that we're brought up with all that negative programming that, you know, you're brought up to think that, you know, just going and working for somebody else and getting a good job is, or a so-called good job is what life is all about. Um, 
so I just, um, you know, and, and talking about how if you don't follow your dreams and you don't follow your passions, that you're basically uh, screwing yourself. And, uh, you know, uh, another uh, a good person to listen to for motivation is that uh, Elliot uh, Hulse, I think his last name is. And uh, he's on YouTube and uh, talks a lot about that, too, and how, you know, negative programming and and how, you know, being brought up to think about all that and go to school and get a good job and all that sort of stuff, the same sort of thing that it's just, you know, it's, it's just an idea that was, you know, but it's not the only way that doing things for yourself, believing in your dreams is a viable option. So like I said, I just wanted to bring that up um, because listening back to the podcast I caught it and I was like, you know, see it even, even with me listening to, you know, Jim Rohn and all this positive positivity stuff every day and, and, and stuff, it's very hard. You know, I'm 42 years old. So, you know, this journey for me has become, or has begun, you know, with, uh, you know, we could say 12 years ago or something. I've always been entrepreneurial, but in the last few years, especially, I've really focused on trying to see that there are really no boundaries. And that started with the podcast. And so about two years, but you're having to, and I think I've come a long way, but still having to battle, say the first 35 years of that negative programming that you were surrounded with on a daily basis and trying to undo that. So it's very hard. You can see how easy it is to, to fall back into those negative thought patterns, even when you're, you think you're being positive. So I just wanted to bring that up. And, uh, just share that with you guys, uh, to be authentic and, you know, let you guys know that, um, it happens to everybody. So if you're struggling through that, know that it's not isolated to you. Everybody goes through it. So I'm just going to break for the podcast announcements and then we'll actually get into this week's topic. All right. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel anytime. And get this, even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so this week I wanted to share my tips for mowing in the rain. 
So a lot of you guys know that, um, obviously I talk about the amount of rain we get here, um, in the Pacific North, uh, West sort of region. Um, you know, uh, it's constantly, constantly raining this year, especially, um, I'm not sure what's up with the weather patterns, what the heck is going on. Um, but the weather has been absolutely insane. Uh, and I can literally count probably on the hand, on the fingers of one hand, how many days have been completely sunny since January. So you're talking a, a maximum of maybe five days. It has rained in some capacity every other day whether it's for an hour or a couple hours or the whole day. It has been a, I would say, record-setting type of year. Um, it's always, you know, I'm looking out uh, uh, the window right now, and even right now, it's it's actually not raining at the moment, but it's overcast and gray and looking like it's going to rain any minute. Although they're calling for a fantastic weekend, and I would say it's about time, but it has been crazy the amount of rain. So I know it's sort of the trend to not mow in the rain, to have, you know, rain days, I see it all the time. But in this area where I live, in this region, the Pacific Northwest, if you don't mow in the rain, then you don't have a business, you have a hobby. It's just not feasible. You have to mow in the rain. Like I said, we have literally had four days, five days where it's been totally sunny. And the rest of those days, it has rained in some capacity. So how do I do it? Well, I've been doing it for 12 years now. And this weather pattern and this constant rain is what dictates my policies in my business. So for example, the most important policy in my business is that I only offer a weekly mowing service for all clients, no exceptions, take it or leave it. I know there's other companies that don't, they do the 10 day thing. They do the every two week thing. And ultimately it just doesn't work out. Mowing every week is the only way that I've found that I can seriously and easily maintain that lawn in all conditions. So, and I tell this to clients all the time with a two week that request a two week cut when I first meet them and I say, I can't do that. It's just not feasible. I said, because if I one week have you scheduled not to cut your lawn because it's the off week for you and it's a beautiful sunny day and now the next week rolls around and now it's pouring rain on the day that I'm supposed to cut your lawn. And now I'm stuck cutting a lawn that hasn't been cut for two weeks in the spring, has grown, you know, eight inches tall. 
and I have to do it in the rain, it's going to take me so much longer to be able to cut that lawn that I'm not going to make any money. And by cutting on a weekly basis, I can justify or more accurately quote that lawn because I know roughly how much time it's going to take me. On a weekly basis, if it's sunny one week and raining the next week, I can still get it done with very little, um, you know, extra work. Sure, it takes a bit longer when it's raining, just the aspect of blowing off sidewalks, driveways after because the grass obviously tends to stick more. But it's a lot more feasible to do on a weekly basis. And once I explain this to people, they sort of get the picture. Because I say, you know, I can't, it's the only way if I'm quoting you and giving you a price, I'm basing your price on how long it's going to take me to do the job. And on a two-week cut, there's no way for me to know how long it's going to take me each time I'm here because the weather will play such a, a large factor. On a weekly cut, the weather is less of a factor because it won't be as tall. And the mower is not going to struggle. So once I explain that to people, that, um, you know, they completely understand the reasoning behind the weekly cut. So that's the first tip is that, you know, if you live in an area where there's a lot of rain, that having a weekly mowing schedule with no exceptions is the only way that I would recommend doing it. The second is, is that predominantly in my business, I'm using a smaller mower. So a push style mower, right? So I use the 21 inch Honda commercial HRC 216 mower. So for the rain, this is a fantastic mower because it allows me to easily tip it on its side and clean out the deck, which becomes a regular occurrence when you're mowing in the rain. So, and I actually, you know, in the past, I've had larger mowers, ride-on mowers, zero-turn mowers, tractors. I've gone through a bunch of different ones. And with a larger mower, I actually mow differently in the rain than I do with the smaller mower. So with a smaller mower, because I'm able to flip it on its side and easily clean out the deck... I bag the lawn and where I'm from bagging your lawns is the norm. It's what's expected. So the Honda lets me easily bag the lawn because the, the bag is on the back of the mower. There's no long sort of tube or path for the wet grass to travel to get to the bag, it's, you know, essentially right there, a big hole on the back of the mower that the bag sits over. And, you know, as the blades cut, the grass is directly thrown straight into the bag. So the Honda mowers bag extremely well, even in the ring. But I have found some, 
you know, some tips to make it work better. And the first tip is removing the top blade on the Honda mower, the little mulching blade. The Hondas come with a, two, the dual stacked blades. Uh, so it's got the normal cutting blade at the bottom, sort of the high lift blade. And then it's got another blade on top of that one stacked that is, I guess, for mulching. And they call it the micro cut. Um, so Honda sells a little shim kit that you can remove the top blade and put the shim in its place so that the bolts and everything, the length of the bolts all line up when you put it back together with just a single blade. Um, so using that high lift blade works extremely well in the rain because it increases the airflow. And this is what you want in the rain is a lot of airflow. The airflow will get that wet, heavy grass. It'll lift it up. Um, when it's heavier and wet on the lawn. And also as it's cut, that airflow throws it more easily into the bag. So by having that second blade on there, it would struggle a bit more because it really does cut that airflow that's happening in the, um, you know, in the deck. Uh, and I found that it doesn't bag as well with the, that second blade on there. So what I started to do is I take that second blade off and use the, um, just the bottom high lift blade, uh, throughout the wet season in the summer, if I'm going to mulch and put the mulch kit on, then I will put that second blade back on and use the micro cut system. Uh, but for the rain, just that bottom blade and it works fantastic. Uh, another thing that I've used in the past, uh, and unfortunately it's not available for the Honda mowers anymore, uh, but it worked fantastically in the rain was, uh, one of those aluminum, uh, catcher box bags on the back made by accelerator industries. Now you've seen these for probably walk, um, behind mowers, those big, uh, walk behind mowers and stuff, uh, that aluminum sort of thing. Well, they used to make them for the Honda HRC 216. And I actually, um, you know, have one for my very first Honda. Um, and, uh, I haven't adapted it yet for the current one, just haven't had the time to fabricate because it's no longer available. You can't get the parts for it anymore. And it requires a, a different mounting bracket to be, uh, mounted to the Honda to be able to hold on to this big aluminum catcher. Um, so this thing was, is like twice the capacity of the regular Honda bag. But the nice thing is, is because it's, um, you know, a hard sided, it's got like perforated aluminum sheet on the sides it allows tons of airflow. So with wet grass, when you're using a bag, what happens is all that wet and moisture will start to decrease the airflow as it clogs the pores of the fabric. So as the, you know, the bag gets wetter and wetter, not only does the grass in it, the wet grass sticking to the sides of the bag, um, you know, reduce the airflow, but also the, uh, just the, the moisture in, in those perforations, those pores of the bag. So the accelerator was fantastic for that because it had these huge holes, um, on the sides, which just had tons of airflow. Uh, so that thing was fantastic in the rain. So now that I haven't been able to use it and I've had to go to using the Honda bag, it's just more imperative to empty the bag out more frequently and to shake it thoroughly. 
so that you're shaking the moisture out of the bag and as well shaking the the grass that's stuck to the sides of the bag uh, out from the inside um, just to keep it um, cleaner for that airflow. And by doing so, like I say, um, you know, it just helps it with uh, mowing in wet grass. The next thing, and I touched on this in the beginning, was uh, keeping that deck clean. So constantly going in and keeping that deck clean. So for me, a typical uh, lawn, I'm able to pull the mower out. You know, I'll be able to get a front yard down. If it's a, you know, a, an average size city lot, I can get the front yard done. And, you know, when I go to dump the bag, I'll flip the mower on its side, quickly clear out the grass on the side. And if you're doing this constantly, it's very easy to do. The grass just slips off. If you get lazy uh, or complacent and the grass sits for a day or two, then it starts to harden and dry and stick to the mower. And, you know, you end up having to use a scraper blade and all that stuff to get the uh, the grass off the, the deck. But if you're doing this on a regular basis and it only takes a minute or two, it just wipes right off. It's super easy. So keeping it consistent. So what I'll do is I'll flip that mower on its side, quickly clean out the, the grass, put it into the bag, and then go and dump the bag. And then that way I can then move the mower into the backyard if I'm going across patios and sidewalks and things like that. And there's not this wet, clumping grass falling onto the um, hard surfaces and leaving green stains and all that sort of stuff as well. And then the same thing in the backyard. I'll mow the backyard, flip the mower on its side, clear it out, go empty the bag. And then I can then, you know, roll the mower again over those hard surfaces, the driveway and all that stuff without wet grass clumping and stuff like that. And, it, you know, it does take a minute or two to do this, but it makes all the difference because you're not leaving those big clumps of grass everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, it just leaves an overall better finished product. The other strategy is to mow at a slightly higher height. So in the rain, you know, if it's uh, depending on the actual lawn, if it's one that's been fertilized and all that, and it's, you know, growing heavy in the spring, then I will tend to raise the height on the Honda, maybe one notch on each wheel. And uh, just to, you know, help um, manage the length of lawn. Uh, and it makes all the difference. Um, obviously, uh, even in dry grass, mowing more grass at once is more difficult than growing or cutting less grass. So just by adjusting that height slightly higher, um, you know, you can manage more efficiently uh, the lawn um, and make it easier on yourself and still leave a, a great looking cut. So that's with the Honda HRC 216. Now with the Larger mowers, what I've done, and I'm going to compare um, the Walker mower that I had with the John Deere tractor. Now we're talking about, um, at the time, it was a $14,000 Walker uh, MT23GHS uh, model. So this is the, the mower that has the built-in uh, blower 
the uh, blades are inward rotating. So it's got two blades that both rotate inwards towards the center of the deck. And all the grass is it's cut and shot through to the back of the deck um, where it's then sucked in through this blower, like a 10 inch blower and blown into the back of their, their GHS system or grass handling system. Now having that GHS blower makes all the difference in the rain, obviously, but they have a couple of other options with those Walker mowers. And one was there's a screen, a metal screen inside the hopper box, and it comes standard with one with some smaller perforations, but you can pull it out and they have an optional one that slides in that has larger perforations for wet grass. So I would definitely recommend buying that. Um, I used it and it worked fantastic uh, in the rain. Now, the downside of this is when the conditions are dry, you'll want to replace that screen or pull it out and put the original one back in. And it's an easy process. takes like two seconds to do. It literally slides out and sliding it in. It's almost like um, I would uh, compare it to uh, uh, putting... Uh, a new furnace filter in on your house furnace where it just sort of slides out and slides, you slide the new one in same sort of, same sort of idea. Uh, but in dry grass, like I say, you want to replace it with the original because of the smaller perforations. Cause what will tend to happen is you'll get a lot of grass blowing out the back of the Walker. If you have the larger one, if it's dry, but in the wet grass, it's all about airflow. Like I said, with the Honda mower, it's all about increasing that airflow. So by increasing those perforations in that screen. Uh, so the, basically what this screen does is there's an exhaust port on the back of a walker. If you look at the back box of a walker, the back door at the top, you'll see this little uh, elevated area. Um, it kind of almost looks like a spoiler or something, but it's you know, facing downwards. And basically it's an exhaust port. It's because of all that airflow by that made, uh, by that blower, it, it has to escape out of the box. So they have this, um, port on the back. Uh, so the screen basically prevents all the grass from flying out of that exhaust port. Uh, so it, you know, it stops, it lets the air flow through, but stops the grass. So that's why you want to change the screen out depending on the conditions. Now, the walker is also a fantastic mower to use in the rain because of the uh, forward facing deck, the deck that's on the front. You're not, it's not a mid mount deck. <clears throat> so when you're sitting on a walker, your feet are actually resting on top of the deck. Now, the nice thing about this design is that the deck actually flips up. So you can um, release some levers, pull the deck up. And right there on the job site without any jacks, without any, um, you know, going, uh, precariously sort of half on your trailer ramp to clean out the deck and crawling underneath it and all that sort of stuff. It makes cleaning the deck just as easy as the Honda Moore. You pull those two levers and the deck flips up. And now you have the deck right there. It's easy to change blades out um, and to clean the deck. Just as easy as having uh, your Honda mower or your 21-inch mower sitting on its side and cleaning out the deck. Exact same uh, thing and literally takes two seconds to do. In fact, with the Walker mower, when I had it, I could only fit it in my trailer 
by having the deck flipped up. So I would back the walker into my trailer and flip the deck up and I was able to close my doors. By having the deck out, I it wouldn't fit. I couldn't get it on my trailer. So actually really compact for storage as well because you can flip that deck up. Uh, brilliant design. So the walker was a fantastic mower to use uh, if you're in... Um, you know, an area that has um, wet conditions. So long as your wet conditions aren't also in areas that have a lot of clay, because that's the the only problem I found with the walker with where I live is the amount of clay. So with me, the problem with the walker was it rained so much but then the water couldn't drain out of those lawns because you'd have maybe six inches of soil and then you'd hit this hard clay pan. So the water quickly fills up, you know, that top six inches of topsoil and then it just cannot drain past the clay layer. So it, it has to find alternative means either sideways or, you know, out to the street and stuff. And you'll see a lot of streets where the sidewalk, you can see the water even after it's, it's not raining, um, where the sidewalks are wet because the water is coming off of the lawns over the, um, uh, over the, uh, sidewalk. So, and that's because of the clay. It has nowhere else to go. So because of that, it would hold like a big bowl. It would hold the water and that top six inches of soil would be so soft because of all the water just saturated sitting there with nowhere to go. That That's where I found issues with the walker was that it would then get stuck uh, quite frequently in my conditions. But if you don't have that clay uh, pan and the, um, the water is... Um, the water has that ability to drain, then you shouldn't have issues with it. So, you know, with the walker, in that sense, it was uh, fantastic. Now, the other mower that I used and was quite pleased with in the rain was the John Deere tractor. And I've talked about using this John Deere tractor, and I actually replaced my walker with the John Deere tractor because of those soil conditions. Now this the John Deere tractor is not even a commercial mower it's a absolutely 100% a residential mower but if you're taking care of them and you're using them you know as a solo operation at least you don't have employees abusing them you know they can be fantastic mowers slow of course versus a zero turn or you know anything else like that but in my case with the mix of lawns that I was doing um, you know, with most of them being the Honda mower anyways, it made more sense just to have that tractor on there to do those occasional larger properties to save myself that walking, um, that I'm currently doing now that the, uh, the tractor was one of the items that was stolen off of my trailer, uh, when my equipment was, uh, was stolen. Uh, but anyways, so with the John Deere tractor, the benefit for it for me was that it was so lightweight. So it didn't have the issues of rutting or getting stuck in those soggy lawns. And if it ever did, it was very easy for me to be able to get it unstuck because it was so lightweight and I could release the transmission and essentially just push it myself uh, out of, uh, you know, any sort of predicament. 
But the bagging system on one of those John Deere tractors is essentially just, you know, the bags that hang off the back and a big long tube that goes from the discharge on the side of the deck into the uh, bag. And with those lower, you know, residential mowers, there's no propulsion or fan system or a, you know, clippings assist or anything like that to get those, those clippings into the back. So the number one uh, thing, if you're going to, or if your mower has, um, is going to be using the bag bagging system in the rain, then you absolutely have to make sure you have proper high lift blades because those blades are the only thing the the lift created the airflow created by those high lift blades is the only thing that's going to get the grass into the bag and i will say that with the john deere it's only successful if the you know if the grass is wet it'll it will manage it but if it's pouring rain while you're doing it, there's no way. It's not happening. So for me, what I found that worked was I would actually, in the springtime, you know, the first week, first couple of weeks, I would have the bagger on it and bag the lawns to get those first cuts, any leftover leaves and stuff like that from the fall and get that done for the first few weeks. I would then switch to mulching and I would do this with the dedicated mulch kit that you can buy for those John Deere tractors. So the John Deere, as, as some of you guys may know, if you've, you know, you go to Home Depot and you see those smaller, inexpensive John Deere tractors, you'll see that they come with like a mulch plug that just sort of covers the hole on the side. And this, of course you know, isn't ideal because it doesn't isolate the two blades. It just basically, you know, the blade on the left is cutting grass, but it's pushing it to the blade on the right. And then the blade on the right is having to manage twice the amount of grass. With the actual dedicated mulch kit for the John Deere, it comes with not only dedicated mulching blades, but it comes with this big, long, plastic plug that slides in underneath the deck and it completely changes the geometry of the those John Deere um, edge cutting decks that come on those uh, inexpensive mowers. So it actually isolates the two blades. So now the blade on the left is only handling the grass on the left because as it's cutting, it's just redirecting that grass clippings back around uh that circle of that particular blade. And then the blade on the right is doing the same thing. So it isolates the two blades uh, so that each blade is only having to deal with the grass that it's cutting. Um, so I would switch to the mulching. And for me, this worked totally fine in the rain. You know, sometimes I would have to double cut and cut at a higher setting first and then come back and lower it a notch and do sort of a finished cut with it. And managing the wet grass on the bottom of the deck was always a challenge. So with this, obviously it doesn't have the, um, you know, luxury of having a flip up deck and being able to do that. So what I would do is for one, 
was if I had to say cut one side of the lawn and go across to the other side of the lawn, uh, across a driveway, I would keep the blades running because the moment you stop the blades, all the accumulated wet grass and stuff would fall. So I would keep the blades running, go across the driveway, and you'd have very little issue of, um, you know, that sort of thing. So you just got to make sure you're not going across, obviously, uh, gravel or rock areas or things like that. Otherwise, you will have to uh, stop the blades. And when you stop the blades, then, you know, a bunch of grass is going to fall. Now, the other thing I would do with it is I would take the handle that adjusts the height, and it's easily on the side of the operator, and I would quickly move the handle up and down to raise and lower the deck really quickly. And this would essentially shake the deck and shake off any of the wet grass that was stuck to it. Uh, and, and it would all fall to the ground. So those, uh, you know, and then I would have to then, you know, pick up that wet grass and take it, uh, to the bin or wherever I was dumping the grass. But essentially this would work, um, you know, really well. Um, and I found, uh, that it, you know, allowed me for the, well, from, let's see here from, I had the, the John Deere, um, and using it sort of in this capacity from 2010, uh, up until 2011, no, 2000, sorry, 2011. What am I talking about? 2010, when I bought it to 2015, so five years, um, when, uh, the trailer got stolen. So I used it effectively for five years in my business as my main large mower, um, because of those issues with the rain and the soft ground and all that stuff. And I would mulch, like I say, in the rain with a John Deere and found that more effective because it was, you know, almost, uh, impossible to bag the lawn, you know, if it was, um, actively raining while you were trying to mow the lawn, um, with that, that type of mower. So I'd say if you're starting out and like I said, that's why I'm covering all this because it's sort of my experience over the, the years with these different mowers. And if you're starting out, a lot of guys starting out will have tractors, uh, before moving to, uh, larger pieces of equipment or zero turns or things, you know, just to get their foot in the door. And, 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 uh, for that, for me, like I say, and that's how I started to, um, you know, my very first large mower was a John Deere tractor. And only after going through those other, the Gravely Zero Turn and then the Walker for, uh, uh four years after that. And, and, you know, going through those different types of mowers, uh, ultimately did I return back to uh, another John Deere residential tractor? Because like I say, I didn't have, um, the majority of lawns being that large, uh, that I needed a larger mower for. And for me, the weight was the biggest thing. Give me the, um, the largest mower that I can get for the lightest weight and light. The weight was the number one priority. Um, even with the Honda HRC 216 at times, it can be, uh, too heavy. Um, for my conditions because of that clay, the water just does not drain and it can go, you know, even if it stops raining, like I say, you, you can have a sidewalk, uh, you'll see a sidewalk or driveways that are still wet for a few days to a week after it stops finally raining, um, because of that water just constantly draining slowly. It, it has nowhere to go. 
So, um, you know, those were my challenges and that's how I've managed, um, to run my business over the past 12 years in this very wet region with very challenging conditions, um, of mowing in the rain. But like I say, you know, if I, you know, not mowing in the rain, means, uh, not having really not having a business that, uh, you basically just have a hobby, uh, because, uh, you know, here where I live, you have to mow in the rain. Obviously, this is going to be completely different for a lot of you guys out there in warmer climates. You know, if you're out in Texas or something like that, this is not going to be, um, you know, an issue for you. But a lot of these tips may still be uh, helpful in helping you avoid maybe a rain day or avoid skipping a rain day. And working through it, you know, particularly if you do have a walker mower um, or, you know, a Honda type mower or something like that, uh, you can utilize these tips to help you through that. Now, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, then you know what I'm talking about and you know that it's darn near impossible um, to skip lawns in the rain because it can go, it can rain for weeks on end. And, uh, you know, it's just not feasible to skip lawns in the rain. So hopefully that, uh, helped you guys out, uh, this week with those tips. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, if you guys follow some of those uh, tips of keeping your deck clean, um, you know, with that Honda, maybe switching out uh, that top blade and using that shim kit, um, you know, keeping your bag clean, uh, and mowing uh, maybe a bit higher and uh, with uh, mowers or larger mowers that don't have um, that, uh, you know, um, power assist sort of bagging system of uh, maybe going the mulching route. Um, and this is all obviously as well uh, different for the guys that are able to side discharge because like I say, here where I live, nobody discharge. Nobody discharges other than the city. Uh, I see the city discharging on, say, um, you know, uh, boulevards or islands, you know, in the middle of the, the roads that might have some lawn or something in the middle of them. I've seen them discharge on those areas, uh, and, and in the big city parks, they'll discharge. But for the homeowners, nobody discharges. It's all bagged and, uh, and picked up. So if you're in an area, I know a lot of you guys are in areas where discharging is acceptable, then obviously mowing in the rain um, is going to be a lot easier if you're able to just open that side uh, chute and let it all fly. Um, so, you know, uh, and I always think to myself, man, I wish that was the norm here because it would make it so much easier uh, to uh, not have to deal with grass clippings um, and just let, uh, you know, side discharging, uh, uh, you know, be the way, but the grass is just too thick and lush, uh, to have it sitting on top of the lawns. It, it would just look, uh, terrible. Um, so hopefully that helps you guys. And, uh, yeah, uh, if you guys, uh, did find value in this episode, as always, I'd ask that you guys review the podcast. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews. And there's a link there to uh, leave a review on iTunes. It is the single most, um, you know, beneficial or 
helpful thing you can do for the podcast uh, to uh, help the podcast out. Uh, So that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.